everybody. Welcome to the Unscripted Wrestling Podcast. I'm Dan. I'm here with my brother, Doug. Yo. And our buddy, Eric's here. Hello. How's everybody doing tonight? Pretty good. I, I got to say yeah. this. It, like th- I think this is the third time already this year that we've used this particular song as the intro. Yeah, even though you know Sting didn't use this theme song at the time. There's nothing to do with what we're doing. I don't even know. Eric, do you even have the Crow song on here? The yeah, Crow song sucked anyway. I, I, I didn't realize it, it was the old one. I just saw the Sting, so I used Sting. I forgot it was the old one. <laughs> uh... Yeah, but uh, we got a hell of a hell of an episode tonight for for the good people. We have Super Brawl '98. It's our 37th pay per view retrospective. It's going to be a good one, and I'm excited to talk about it. Uh, before we get into all that, do we have a worker of the week? Uh, I'm going to say the worker of the week to me has got to be Oscar. Uh, because ever come, since coming back at the Royal Rumble, she's got the makeup and all that on, you know, as the murder clown. She, oh, first of all, she scared the shit out of me. Did she? Yeah. There is no way she is not winning the Elimination Chamber tomorrow night and challenging Bianca Belair at WrestleMania. It just makes the most sense. Yeah. Unless Bianca is going to go heel. So if they decided to have Raquel win it, which I think would be the best option. If they had Raquel win it and then Bianca goes heel, then I could see that. Uh, How would you turn up there? I mean, her heel. She's too much you know of she started out right as a heel, right? In NXT? Yeah, but she's on a big baby face. Right? Oh, yeah. Why turn her heel mid-run? I'm with Eric here. Oh, uh, I'm I'm saying it, that's the only way that her versus Raquel could work is if you turn her heel. Yeah, I'm not uh, saying uh, I get that. that yeah. it wor- now, first of all, you know, and sorry to say this in front of Sharon, but ninety percent of women are heels anyway, uh, and that's just in real life. But uh, <laughs> like, so it, it wouldn't be that hard. And plus, also, it would be. I mean, she's on a run. She's not, I mean, you can do it, but it just—it would be a little out of left field, though. I feel like she would. Oh, like... be completely out of left field. I'm saying though, no, that's the only way a babyface like a Raquel Rodriguez or Liv Morgan that could be justified them winning tomorrow night. Why can't you do babyface versus babyface? Oh. Because then you could do Raquel and her, and then you know have Raquel beat her, and then she turned heel. I mean, that would work too. I don't know. I just think they're going to set up because, first of all, it's a Raw women's title. I think Asuka, I mean, Asuka needs something to do at WrestleMania, right? Yeah. I mean, it's not like Liv and Raquel can't go for the tag titles. Yeah. Or do something, you know, do something like that. Do like a multi-team tag title match or something like that. Instead of doing what the original plan is, and it's Rousey and Baszler versus uh, Dakota, Dakota, Dakota <laughs> and uh, EO. Dakota? Yeah. Uh, I mean, no, yeah, so Asuka's definitely my worker of the week. Who's yours, Eric? Uh, Cody. I think he's cut a good promo, and then I think he had um, a good uh, match back. I don't know if it was the first match back, but he had a good match. It was like his second match back. His first match back was against Balor. I was about to say. Because he wrestled Finn. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, he did. I give it to Sammy this week. I can't wait to see what they do with him tonight. Uh, and then obviously the oh, It's in Montreal. Yeah, both nights. Yep. He's going to get... A big ovation tonight. <laughs> I mean, do you think they pull the trigger and fucking have him win the title at Elimination Chamber and end a three-year reign? I mean, it's like WWE to do. Like, remember when fucking Charlotte had that big pay-per-view streak and then they had Bailey take it from her at Fastlane right before WrestleMania? 
Right, so then Bailey could get the yeah. WrestleMania moment. Yeah, but Bailey could add the WrestleMania moment by winning it at fucking WrestleMania, not at Fastlane. I, I no, I, I agree with you. I like I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. But it's like when you have big shit like that like and I know you gotta make the pay per view before special, but And it is in Montreal and you know, Canadians have this thing about you better do something special for us or we'll fucking turn on you. But I do think if you have Sammy win here, it takes away from Cody a lot. And making it a triple threat is just kind of get or kind of fucky. Yeah, no, it's stupid. I, you know, I actually do have another worker of the week, and that's actually my TV upstairs for not allowing me to cast AEW this week. <laughs> it saved me a lot. Saved me a lot of headache. Anyway, it was an okay show. It was nothing special. Yeah, I mean, Raw and SmackDown, I think, have been, and it, it, that's the good thing about you know. Raw and SmackDown during WrestleMania season is that, like, a lot of times they can hit it out of the park. Yeah. I think they have been hitting it out of the park ever since Triple H has been doing creative. Yeah. And I think he kind of knows what he's doing with Cody, it seems like. So, I like it. I think, because tomorrow's for both belts, right? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you work that, to be honest with you. I think you're gonna get. I think you're gonna get screwed. So you either beat I'm not Sam, screwed, I mean, but you gotta beat Sammy. The, they really want Sammy. The best way to do it tonight, you run an angle where Jay, or to where Jay, because I get. I think they did get permission for Jay to come into Montreal. Okay. Or at least for Jay, not for Jimmy. Yeah. But because that was a big thing. Yeah. And Heyman told yeah. both of them they have to stay home next week. But I think Jay comes in tonight and makes everybody think that he is uh, that he's going to side with Sammy, and he'll work the he'll go into the corner with Sammy tomorrow. But then he'll screw him during the match, and then uh, Solo comes out and they help and they beat the shit out of Sammy. But then Kevin Owens comes out. And that's what helps set up the undisputed tag team title match at WrestleMania with the uh, Usos versus Sammy and Owens. Yeah. I can I see that. So. I mean, tomorrow's going to be fun. It'll be fun to see. I, I'm rooting for Sammy, but I'm also not. It's weird. Yes. Uh, I'll tell you what is going to be very interesting tomorrow is what they do with Theory in the, in the uh, elimination chamber for the U.S. title. Because, you know, you pointed out, because I said that if he works Cena at WrestleMania, he does not need the U.S. title. You pointed out that it would be like a full circle moment, Cena challenging for the U.S. title, because he made the title famous. In WWE. Yeah. Uh, But I, I don't know, because I don't see anybody else in that match besides, I mean, and somebody on another podcast brought up Bronson Reed, like give him the title. Cause if you beat him now, you're going to kill him. Yeah. Uh, I don't like, I mean, cause this reminds me of like the Ryback elimination chamber for the intercontinental title. Yeah. I don't think a match like this should be for a mid tier title. I, and I know like it makes the title special or whatever, but I just feel like it takes away a little, I don't know. I don't like it. I think it should always be for the world title or for a shot at WrestleMania or something like that. Yeah, but they have already got the WrestleMania shot figured out, and they didn't want to do an elimination. They wanted to do Roman and Sammy by themselves. I understand. Yeah. I just think it's... Uh, so are you saying it should have just been one chamber tomorrow and that's for the shot at Bianca? Yeah. Or maybe even have done or put other people in that match and take like uh, one, uh, and then take some of the SmackDown girls out and put them against Charlotte maybe and do for the SmackDown. Well, I would just do Bianca in the chamber for the, for the woman's title and then that's your chamber. Why does it have to be for a shot? She, who's she well, wrestling? She's not wrestling anybody, but she's going to find out tomorrow night who's wrestling her at WrestleMania. Yeah, but it'd be better if she just wrestled for the title and then do a number one contenders match. Yeah, especially since the two people that you would expect to be in the chamber tomorrow aren't even in it, and that's Becky and Bailey. Yeah. 
It's just it's not as special. It doesn't feel as special this year. Because they're and Bailey and Becky are not even doing anything, are they? No, they're building it on Sammy and Roman. And that's fair because it's the, apparently the best fucking storyline of all time. But uh, well, according to Michael Cole, it's anyone. Michael Cole's an idiot. But no, there's no line. There's no argument I, there. I think if it wasn't a month at all, it would be different. I mean, yeah. But I don't know. You, I mean, you're right. But also, they're really loving him over here in the states. I, I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. Either way, they're kind of like shooting themselves in the foot because like Roman's gonna win and it's gonna like the crowd's gonna be pissed. Yeah, but I mean that's yeah, good. They, they might throw stuff. That's fine though. It's you. If he gets screwed over, they're gonna throw. They might throw stuff in the ring. It's just fans need to realize that he's got to lose for Cody to get his moment. Cody's your baby. Cody's your champion here. Yeah. He's your babyface world champion, and I love Sami Zayn. And if it was two belts, f- fine, fuck it, have them both. But it, if it's only one undisputed champion, and I'm running a company, I'm picking Cody Rhodes over Sami Zayn to fucking. Oh, now it's it, as far as I know, there's no other pay-per-views between now or spe- or premium live events between now and WrestleMania, right? Like it's Elimination Chamber, and then we have a few weeks off. Still yeah. WrestleMania, right? Yes. Because uh, I was yeah. going to say, you could technically do is Cody could come out and we could set up like a six-man or something at some point with the Usos and uh, Solo versus Owens and Reigns and – or not Owens and Reigns, Owens and Zayn and Rhodes. That would be cool. But it would have to be done on a on a TV. Yeah. I just uh, – we'll see what happens, but – I hope Cody Rhodes gets his moment, or at least get... Cody and Roman seems like the best possible WrestleMania main event to me. It is. Cody and, I, and Sammy doesn't do the same thing. Again, it's all going to depend, I think, on whether or not they can get Jey Uso in Mon- into Montreal. Yeah. Because if they can get him in there and help him build to a tag title match at WrestleMania, then... It's fine. But isn't he going to go there and be like, Sammy's a real one? I thought he fucks with Sammy now. Well, That's he, why he left. he'll do that. He'll and then do he'll that kick him in the tonight, throat. and then tomorrow will be the swerve. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Super Brawl 98. We are in the Cow Palace in San Francisco, California. Our attendance is 12,620 people. Uh, there's, Which was good for a WCW event back in the day, by the way. It was huge. There's a lot of people. I mean, that's big now. Yeah. A lot of people. Yeah. It's Hogan versus Sting in the rematch for the, the world title, the vacant world title. This is, to me, this was everything Starcade should have been, but uh, here we are. No, I do have one question. Then ask it. Um. Which one was their WrestleMania, Starcade or Super Brawl? Starcade. Uh, if you ask awesome. Bischoff, their WrestleMania was Halloween Havoc. Bischoff's an idiot. Oh. <laughs> well, Bischoff <laughs> has said Bischoff has said numerous times that he didn't view Starcade that way, and he always thought like the biggest event for them was like a Bash at the Beach or a Halloween Havoc. But he's wrong. <laughs> because why would he say that? But build for a fucking year to Hogan and Sting at Starcade. Your actions don't match the words. Yeah, that. and then put Piper and Hogan on a Starcade and the uh, Goldberg streak on a Starcade. Yeah, don't tell me Starcade don't mean nothing to you. But, yeah. And to be honest with you, Eric, Starcade was before WrestleMania. Yeah. And it is. So it was the WrestleMania before WrestleMania. <laughs> it was. And it was because it was Dusty's idea for the big event. Yeah. And that was what my movie was going to be on when we did our movie pitches. I remember. It was the creation of Starcade. Uh, but. Oh, yeah. Yeah. D- Dusty Rhodes had a vision for Starcade, and that's what it was going to be. And it was going to be a big event. And the first one was Flair for the Gold, nor was that three. Uh, for, yeah, the first one was 83. That was Flair for the Gold. The Ric Flair and Harley Race. 
So there's some history for you. We start off this card with Booker T and Rick Martel, and then Booker goes on to face Saturday after, both for the television championship. All right. Backstory here is the week before on Nitro, Rick Martel beats Booker T for the television title. And Booker, it was supposed to be Booker T and Saturn at Super Brawl. Well, then J.J. Dillon comes out, you know, one of your favorite people yeah. to get the camera time. He's a boob. Uh, comes out and says, <laughs> Rick Martel versus Booker T. Later on in the night, Saturn gets the winner. Uh, now, what was interesting here was that, and I had forgotten about this, but Martel was supposed to be the one that was going to do the double duty. But he got hurt after taking the hip toss and hitting his knee on the ropes. So I wonder, did he, like, whisper to Booker? I think he said he's, like, both my knees out. That's crazy. Because then when... uh, It would have been his last big push, too. Yeah. And then, because he was supposed to pull the double duty, he was supposed to win. And then when Saturn got in, you know how Saturn went in right away and locked in the rings of Saturn. Yeah. He whispered in Booker's ear, he's like, what do we do? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't rehearse with you. I rehearsed with Martel. <laughs> like, what are we doing? And and by the way, you know, Martel and Booker went 10 minutes. Yeah. Saturn and Booker went 14. Yeah. So they had to figure out 14 minutes like the entire way. Yes, and yes. by the way, the match was so good that you could not tell that they had no idea what the fuck they were doing. And the first one was so good that you couldn't tell Martel was hurt. Exactly. So that just goes to show that these guys, you know. I was very impressed. I know you, you're not a fan of him because of his commentary, but I was very impressed with the work rate from Booker T on this one. Yeah, it, exactly. And it just goes to show that wrestling can be sometimes the ultimate improv. Oh, yeah. Like, you have to make shit up on the fly. Like, when there is a problem. Yeah, and this is like an underrated circumstance. Like, we all know, like, the Kurt Angle, Triple H, Rock, SummerSlam shit. Yeah. We all know, like, the the instances like that where it happens. But, like, it happens a lot more than people think. And when they're really good, you don't know about it. Yeah. And, like, because that was a funny thing. I had for, completely forgotten until I read it that Martel was supposed to be the one to get, like, it, to really go over and get the major push and all that. Yeah. All right. But I guess, you know, it was kind of a good thing that it happened for Booker because Booker's star skyrocketed. Yeah. But, again, it was just like, it, it's funnier than hell. Saturn goes in, and you can almost see him whispering in Book's ear. Like, if you really look for it, yeah, you could see him whispering, what do we do? I'm going to have to go back and watch the Martel match again, though, because I didn't catch him getting hurt. I had forgotten the spot. I thought he got hurt when he jumped off the when he jumped off the rope and kind of jammed or and jammed his knee. Yeah. I didn't know. I forgot it was on the hip toss. Yeah. So it was uh, – they were both good matches. But the thing about Rick Martel is he's a constant professional. Yeah. And I think he – the fact – I do think the right guy won anyway. To be honest with you, I, I mean, I like Rick Martel yeah. and I think he's awesome. And I know they were gearing up for a push, but like the, the world television, like it's not like Booker needed this more. It was a good thing Booker won. And, and by the way, Booker, won, Booker's a homegrown. Like Martel is a heel, fighting Saturn is a heel. Like, did we need it? No. No, I well, I think they would have switched Martel back to babyface uh, in the in the next three minutes. Well, what I, is he gonna get on the microphone after he just beat a baby face and say, "I love you, people"? Well, <laughs> I mean, I again, I think that's what the plan was was to elevate him as a baby face, which doesn't make sense because he healed up to beat Booker on Nitro. Yeah, I mean, he was a baby face technically, but when he used the heel move, yeah. But I think the right guy won here. I'm not saying I'm glad he got injured, and I love Rick Martel, but it, Booker looked really good, and he kind of needed this rub, and it looked good. Like, he beat two, like, kind of badass workers, right, you know, back-to-back. And he went, like, he went 25 minutes. Like, yeah. it was nothing. And that's and that's the thing. And, by the way, 14 of that was unplanned. 
Yeah, and he didn't look tired, and he like he looked good. I thought Booker was really good. Yeah, yeah. I give I'm, both I was impressed with Booker. Seven out of ten. I'll give both matches an eight. I'll give both matches an eight too. What did he say? He said eight. Eight. Oh, I wouldn't go that far, but I would give it a seven. Uh, I I like the Martell match a little better, to be honest. But Saturn and him were still good. Mm. All right, Disco Inferno and La Parca. Probably the only pee break. This goes about 12 minutes. But it actually was kind of a fun time. I liked when La Parca was pointing at himself on the screen that Hogan did later. Yeah. <laughs> you shit <laughs> on La Parca doing it, but you were all right with Hogan doing it. Yeah. Hogan. <laughs> and I like La Parca. He's one of my favorite luchadors. But him and Disco actually didn't have a terrible match. And Disco was wildly That's over. Chemistry. They had good chemistry. I agree, Eric. And a lot of this started because LaParka wanted to prove to Disco that he was a better dancer. <laughs> I'm not lying. That's still, what the feud I was. I still can't get his song out of my head. Disco Ferner. Disco Fever. Every time that plays. <laughs> Every time that plays, I sing it. <laughs> I can't stop singing it. No, but I thought it was a I thought it was an all right match. I mean it's the worst match on the card, but this is a pretty good card. Yeah. The yeah. worst match on the card that went like that uh, went eleven minutes. minutes. Yeah. Yep. But I th- I thought I it was alright. I'll, I'll give it a five too. I'll give it a five. All right, next up, we got Goldberg and Brad Armstrong. Which, by the way, was a last-minute addition on the card because we were supposed to get Larry Zbysko and Louis Spicoli, but Louis Spicoli ruined that by dying. Poor guy. Oh. R.I.P. Uh, R.I.P. R.I.P. And R.I.P. Brad Armstrong, too. Yeah, definitely. And so, like, yeah, so this match was added last minute. Uh, which, to be honest with you, I think I would take this match over Spicoli and Zabisco because Zabisco really did not need to be in the ring anymore. I mean, it sucks the circumstance because, you know, nobody deserves, you know, to lose their life. No. But, like, Zabisco did not need the rest. No. If Bisco needs to wrestle, he would okay like, on Sundays. Maybe you do. Do you guys like Larry on commentary? I personally did. I did. I didn't like her. I liked Heenan better. Well, I thought Heenan oh, was the perfect person to end the night on commentary. I liked Zabisco as the start. Yeah, he was good, but I, yeah. I, I don't know. I liked, because I liked the shenanigans with Heenan and Shivani better. And then... Tanae yeah. was a good technique guy. Well, yeah, because... Uh, but Zabisco was fine. It's just, to me, he made it too much about himself all the time. Yeah. And Zabisco and... Zabisco yeah. and Shivani, you could tell that they were friends. All right? Because the bickering back and forth between... There really wasn't any. It's better when the commentary team bickers. Yeah. Yeah. And you need that heel, because they were all, like, baby faces when the commentary went there. Was there. Yeah. And yeah, Larry was good for one hour. What, Eric? I said Larry was good for that one hour. One hour. He was, like, the opening act. Yeah. But, no, so, yeah, but Goldberg and Brad Armstrong was pretty good for the fact that it was yeah. just ba- basically just supposed to get Goldberg over. Brad Armstrong deserved better, though, in his career. Yeah. I mean, they always talk about the Armstrong curse. He wore a shirt that said it. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But I always liked Brad. I felt bad for him that he never, like, he got strapped with Arachnaman and fucking Buzzkill and shit like that. Yeah, that was, that kind of sucked. But Goldberg looked really hot here, Uh, not in a romantic way but <laughs> in a fan way yeah i know what you mean thanks eric and uh i think the people 
were really into him. I mean, they like he got huge pops, and this is like the Goldberg everybody loves, just beating the shit out of fucking jabrones. No offense to Brad, right? Uh, yeah, look, I mean, it was. I mean, it's a Goldberg match. So I give it a six out of ten because it it did everything it needed to do. I would say. I would say. Yeah. I would definitely say six too. Yeah, I'll give it six and a half. There you go. All right, next up we got Chris Jericho and Hoovy in the title versus mask match for the WCW Cruiserweight title. Jericho wins clean, right? Yeah. I thought this yeah. was probably... Uh, it's either this or the U.S. title match for the best match of the card. I really thought, especially Jericho winning clean, but also being a douchebag heel the whole time... Hoovy taking the mask off. And Jericho ripping it off his face. Yeah, but even after he like ripped it, like it it didn't feel like a normal, like it wasn't like a normal rip, like how they do it to Ray, and then he's covering his face. Like Hoovy was proud of it. Hoovy lost, and he was like, "Here's my face." Yeah. And I thought, yep. and he apologized to the camera in the camera to his dad. Yeah. So I I thought to me this is one of my favorite unmaskings in wrestling. Yeah, I thought that it, it was done in a different way to where it didn't really humiliate him too much, even though that's what Jericho was trying to do. But also, like, it's like it was a new beginning for Hoovy, too, it seemed like. And yeah. I like Hoovy without the mask better, to be honest. So, because this is when he starts getting really yeah. fucking good. Right, yeah, and uh, to be and honest, he too like, I like chemistry. He yeah. boxed a lot yeah. with the mask on. Yeah. I don't think he boxed that much with the mask off. He could see better. <laughs> but yeah, because his mask, see, he had one of the masks that were like, it, it kind of it had the patches over the eyes. Yes. All right. Uh, it wasn't like Ray's mask where he had the eye holes or. Is that the the one thing I could never really understand about Hoovy's mask or about like Super Colo's mask? Because they had like patches over the eyes. You didn't have an eye hole. Well, actually, Super Colo had sunglasses built into his. Oh, but like you couldn't necessarily yeah. see anything. So the the other guys had the eye holes and all that shit. But like with the patches over, it's like how the fuck can you clearly see? Yeah, I agree. I thought uh, these two had good chemistry. They had great chemistry, and I thought the wrestling was fucking top notch here. Yeah, and then that false yeah. finish where they thought that Hoobie won the title. Oh, that was one of the best parts, and he's like celebrating and stuff. And this was done really well. Jericho was really getting it yeah. heel wise. This is when he was starting to really understand how, how that the, he needed to be a dick. Yeah, and like this is his first good character because he goes from the and I like his work in like ECW and stuff and some matches when he was a bland white babyface in WCW, but. This is when he starts picking it up, for sure. Yeah. I think he'll even tell you that. So, I thought it was oh, real good, sure. and I thought Hoovy could go, and I thought they were... It was a great match. I give it a 8 out of 10. I'll say 8 and a half. I'll say 8 out of 10. All right. They had a lot of matches after this after um, after this one. Yes, they did. Especially on Night Show. I like Jericho's Cruiserweight champion. He had a good run. He had some of the best yeah, matches. I mean, this one was good. Yeah. Yeah. As the Cruiserweight champion. I mean, he was cool with the TV title, too, but... When did yeah, he get the TV title? I like his Cruiserweight stuff better. Although, actually, no. His TV title stuff with Ralphus was fucking hilarious. Well, his TV title stuff was interesting because they were like, just go do whatever. Just don't make too big of a noise. Yeah. And he was, like, doing whatever the fuck he wanted. And this was about the weight title run. When did he win the U.S.? I mean, not the U.S. The t- TV title. Ninety-nine. No, uh, ninety-eight. Two oh, days no. after he lost the cruiserweight title. Oh. I remember as a kid, oh, wow. in the office, like, "Oh my god, we just got a belt off him. Does he really need another one?" <laughs> <laughs> He'd be Booker T too. Stevie Ray. Oh. That's all. That's Stevie the Ray. All right. So tell the people what the next match is, Doug. Steve Mongo McMichael versus the British Bulldogs. Mongo breaks his arm here. Yeah. 
which is the match yeah. only goes six minutes, which by the way, it only needs to go six minutes. Yeah. But and, and I know this injury is a little different than what happened to Martel with the knee, but there's two both bad injuries. And I'm not saying Bulldog and McMichael aren't consummate professionals too, but you definitely knew his arm was broke. Yeah. Well, him screaming. And it was fucking hanging almost. Yeah. The way he was holding it and shit. And then, like, the fact that they got it. Like, I kind of have a feeling that he was supposed to win. How long did Bulldog last here? Uh, He wasn't here for very long. September. He had to take time off. Because remember, he came in, his knee was blown. Yeah. Did he leave right after, like... For the Montreal thing? He came over in December. He was supposed to get knee surgery done, but then Bischoff wanted him right right away. So he came in in January. Yeah. He lasted till April yeah. and he got his knee scoped. He wanted they wanted him doctors wanted him to get reconstructive surgery, but he didn't want to lose his spot. Yeah. So he got the scope. And then Came back in in June, lasted till September when he uh, hurt his back when he uh, took that bump on the on the trap door at Fallboro. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, uh, which um, you know, basically he was never the same after. Uh, and by the way, that trap door was for the Warrior. And the Warrior, like, three, four years after Davey Boy had passed, was talking, like, ma- somehow did an interview with somebody and was talking major shit about him. About Bulldog? Why? Yeah. I, I don't know what it was, but he was talking about, you know, I'm pot calling a kettle black, but he was talking about Bulldog steroid use. Oh, uh, that's interesting. And it's just like, dude, you helped him get the steroids in 92. And, like... The reason why he went real heavy in 98 is because he fell on your fucking trap door. So shut the fuck up. Yeah, he's an asshole. Yeah. R.I.P. <laughs> R.I.P. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, no, I don't... I have a feeling Mongo was supposed to win because if he wasn't supposed to win... Bulldog would have beat him with the power slam. It wouldn't have been the armbar. That's true. That's uh, true, Bucarino. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, the match wasn't very good, but I love Mongo for his charisma, and I think he's underrated for how charismatic he was, especially coming out of like a legitimate sport and yeah. the fact that he was just entertaining. It's not like he's an actor, but he's entertaining. And Bulldog's always one of my favorites. So I didn't like the match. I give it a 5 out of 10, probably. I I would definitely say 5. I got to say this about Mongo. Like, the night that uh, was Deborah's last night in WCW, like, she had just been fired by Alex Wright. And uh, Gene was interviewing Mongo about it, and he's just like, I gained a lot of respect for that boy. He goes... It took him just a few weeks. I had to put up with that woman for years before I could finally let her go. <laughs> I give it a play. And then, and then when she tried to get back with him, he said, "You know what? You could turn around and get the hell out of here." <laughs> and she don't come the fucking microphone. That's funny. Austin, right? Yeah, she married Austin later on. Rocket Austin! Rocket Austin! Yeah. Uh, all right. DDP and Chris Benoit for the U.S. title. I, I take, I mean, this is my favorite match on the card. I thought this had everything yeah. that it needed. I thought Benoit fucking, you know, really brought the technique to DDP. People that say DDP can't wrestle, watch this. He could wrestle I very well. I love DDP as well. The diamond Cutter was better. Here's a hot take. Diamond Cutter was better than RKO. Did 
Give it to me, baby. That's your. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't. Agree. I like it better. I just, I don't just. I mean, it's the same fucking move, pretty much. But I agree with you. I, I love. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I love that the RK. I like the idea of the RKO out of nowhere. Like, I like the idea that you can do any. Like, Randy could be anywhere and he'll hit you with an RKO. But DDP and the fucking like the logo and shit that he did with his hands, like the diamond, and then fucking the like. The the setup to that move is a lot more fun. Like I'd rather watch DDP yeah. hit a hit a diamond cutter charged up than watch Randy Orton fucking stomp on the on the fucking uh, canvas yeah. and fucking throw his fists around and shit and you know have a fucking panic attack. As much as I, I love both of them, but I don't. I actually agree with you. I love both of them too. Yeah. Randy made it more. I guess he perfect. In fact, he made it more perfect, I guess, I, I'm trying to say. Because they're basically the same thing. That's true. Uh, the thing about this match, because, again, they were in the feud with Raven or whatever, but, like, the fact that there was no interference in this match and they were just allowed to have it, this really was a good because at the time I was a fan of both guys. Me too. Yep. Do you have anything else on the match, Doug? Before we move on, these are two of your favorites. Uh I would have liked to have seen Benoit win the U.S. title here, but I understand what they were doing with DDP. Yeah, I, I like both of them a lot, but I'm glad DDP won. I thought it was really good. Yeah. I give this match a nine out of ten. I'm going to agree with the nine. It's a match that's not talked yep. about enough and, you know, for good reason. But still, good wrestling. All right. Yep. Really rolling through here. Next up, we got Luger and Savage. Luger and Savage. Right. Uh, with Miss Elizabeth in his corner. Uh, this is a no DQ match, even though the ring guy should get fucking his ass beat. Uh, the the bell ringer, timekeeper, whatever the fuck. I mean, does he ring a bell? Yes. So he is a bell ringer as well. Well, yeah, he's a bell. I ringer. know that's the official oh. title, but he also rings the bell. <laughs> that's part of his title as the timekeeper. Timekeeper, the keeper of time. Yeah. The ringer of bells. So it, it, there was a review that a guy did back in 2012, and the guy said the first. However many matches on this pay-per-view were great. Then you get to the last three, and you could te- you could tell that uh, the participants in the last three matches, the marquee matches, did not give a fuck because of all the run-ins and the swerves and the fucky finishes. Uh... So the guy had said, watch the first two-thirds of the pay-per-view for work rate, which, by the way, the first third two-thirds of the pay-per-view include Mongo and Bulldog. So. And Goldberg. Yeah. And Disco. Uh, well, Disco could go. So, he's like, watch the first two-thirds uh, of the pay-per-view for work rate. Watch the last third of the pay-per-view for the star power. Yeah, but that was WCW. That's how it was supposed to be. And that main event was still pretty good. Like, fuck, fuck that. I, I don't I don't think uh, – I thought this match was a lot – well, and it was also – it was done in two separate matches. Well, this match was good. This match was good until they uh, until they did that finish. And even, honestly, the finish, the exact same – first of all, it should have gone a little longer would be my only issue. But the only reason this match kind of flopped at the end was because the timekeeper's a fucking idiot. And it's a no DQ match. So when the NWO comes up and start beating the shit out of people and fucking Savage is beating them up too. Like, that's a cool moment. That's cool. Savage is beating them up. Luger's beating them up. Like, it's fucking, I like that finish. And everything ends and then, but fucking Savage somehow gets distracted and Luger gets him for the fucking, uh, you know, the torture rack. And then he taps out and then Hogan's sitting there in the alleyway. I'm glad he got beat. That's all great. I'm fine with that. But when the NWO yep. comes, 
Don't fucking ring the bell, you idiot. It's no disqualification. <laughs> it's stupid. It takes away and it ruined the crowd. Yeah. The crowd stopped popping because of that and they started booing. They yeah. stopped giving a fuck because they thought that they got DQ'd. So then when Luger actually wins the match and he taps, they don't give a shit. Yeah, because, like, when Savage yeah. and Luger were both beating up the NWO, that did pop the crowd. But then the bell rang, and it's just like, okay. Because they thought it was a DQ, and they're like, this is stupid. This isn't a real ending. So no one gave a shit anymore because the timekeeper's a fucking moron. Like, th- it could have got a pop. It could have got everything. Luger could have got a pop for the fucking uh, torture rack. Like, they didn't stop reacting just because they didn't like Sa- – or just because they liked Savage. And Savage got screwed. Because they like Luger, too. Yeah. They stopped popping because they thought the match ended by DQ and it was another fucky bullshit WCW finish. When it was actually a good, well-thought-out finish, the timekeeper just sucks. And maybe he was told to do that. I don't know. But if he was told to do that, then Bischoff should fucking... Where the hell was Bischoff? Who knows? But I'm not mad at it. I, I, it's nice to see Hogan without him under his desk for a few minutes. I'm fucking, I'm getting so sick of the fucking, and with all the Nitros we're watching around this time, it just, every week it's the same thing. Hogan comes out, fucking Bischoff bows to him, holds the microphone to him. And, and then J.J. Dillon makes an announcement yep. about some kind of match. Yeah, and then J.J. Dillon acts like he fucking like, means something. last night, you were pissed when J.J., because they, they did the segment where they reinstated Nick Patrick, but as soon as he came on, you're just like, oh, it's cat fucking idiot. Yeah, and I, even when uh, he gave Sting the belt to him, I'm like, give him the belt and get the fuck out of the ring, you stupid dumbass. Uh, I, just, I don't like J.J. You're not a J.J. Like Dillon fan, are you? I like him as a manager of the Four Horsemen. And uh, I respect yeah. like what he tried to do like with talent relations and stuff. And like, He's a good... like. You didn't like the on-air commissioner thing he did. No, because he was a fucking yeah. attention whore. And it was all, and I'm sure he was being told to do all this stuff. That's fine. There's a big table right there, but uh, a lot of space. Uh, big, big table. But he had a lot. He had a lot of screen time that he took away from, like, especially on Nitro when we have like three minute matches. Like the fucking like you're giving Rey Mysterio and Dean Malenko like four minutes, but then fucking JJ Dillon's on there for twenty talking about fucking Nick Patrick. Like suck my dick. This is fucking stupid, and it makes no sense. And it's like, and I like JJ Dillon, but it's like, I and he sucked. He wasn't a good baby face. People didn't care. Like the whole Nick Patrick thing. Like when that was happening, what was the fans cheering? Boring. Yeah. Boring. Boring. Even like when he's like, you're not in the main event. They were like, oh yay. But then after they're like, boring. No one gave a fuck, and no one ever gave a fuck when he was on screen. So it's like, it's no offense, but I thought it sucked. And I thought he sucked. I agree. But I, I thought Randy and Luger for the wrestling beforehand and even the finish, everything, without the timekeeper, I would give it a six out of ten. I would say six. It would have been seven without the timekeeper mess up. Yeah. I'll give it a six and a half. We'll give it a what? Six and a half. Okay. Yeah. Outsiders... With Dusty Rhodes, because Dusty's in the NWO, because nothing needs to make sense. Uh, the, the exact guy exactly. that should be against the NWO is in the fucking NWO. And uh, they're going against the Steiner brothers, Rick and Scott. This is the infamous Scott heel turn, which I thought this was actually yep. done pretty well. I Like, I understand them saying, oh, they're just mailing it in. And, but, but it's like, this is a big moment, especially because Scott's best work in his career comes when he joins the NWO. And he's the big bad booty daddy and all that shit. So, like, the way it was booked, like, you would think that this was going to be, that this would have been done, like, weeks ago. Like, when Scott and Rick won the tag titles from Hall and Nash, like, two weeks prior, like, you almost would have thought that this would have happened right then and there. Really? But, well, because they had been having problems for weeks anyway, because Scott had become a glory hawk. Yes. But I, when they made their entrance last night, Scott was panned towards the camera, getting ready to do the bicep pose, but then the camera cut off of him. Yeah. So they had to go back to him. He was still standing in that exact spot. They had to go back to him so he could do the bicep pose. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. I, I love the I, – I loved 
I thought my only critique with this is that I think they should have wrestled for a little bit instead of like I mean Rick and Scott had a little bit of a match, but Kevin Nash I don't think ever really tagged. Well, don't forget Kevin Nash is lazy. Yeah, but I just like if I did have a I thought the moment was good, but I do think they could have had a little bit of a match beforehand. Uh, but it's still like it was pretty impactful. They, they're kicking ass. Rick looks like a million bucks. And then fucking they come in, they do the pose, you know, he's right under his brother, and then his brother fucks him over. The only other critique I have is Rick didn't need to kick out after that. Give him the razor's edge right away. I know it makes him look tough, but it also kind of takes away a pop. Yeah. And uh, it's like, because people didn't give a shit about the Steiners. And that's like, people complain nowadays, the bad guy shouldn't be cheered for, me, me, me. But like, around then, like, it's all NWO fans in the building. Yeah. Hogan and Sting is a split crowd, and this, and that's just because it's Sting. And here, like, the Steiners are the heels, pretty much. Yeah, even so, though uh, they're booked as the baby face. I got to say this. Uh, so, you know the uh, the Mattel retro figures? Yes. So, uh, Ringside Collectibles is doing an exclusive. They have the NWO pack. Of the uh, the Mattel retro waves, you can get a two pack of either Hall and Nash, or the other two pack is uh, Six and Hogan. Really? Yeah. They're uh, they're up That's for awesome. pre order now on Ringside Collectibles, so hopefully, and they'll ship out in May. So hopefully. Uh, when they become available, I can hopefully get my hands on at least one of them because I think those would be kind of cool to have. Because they're it, like it's it's NWO, so you get the NWO retro pack. Oh, how much? I think they're going to be like fifty or sixty bucks. Okay. Sixty bucks. But yeah, no, I I understand what you're saying, and like. I do think that they should have had the match, like, Scott, like, not tag in or whatever. Or, like, do, like, a little bit of the thing where, like, he kind of pushes one of them back or whatever and then, like, makes the tag. And then, like, when Rick hits the hot tag, that's when Scott, you know, that's when Scott gets him. Yeah. I mean, they could have done it like that. I agree. But uh, I was fine with yep. the pose and hitting them, too. Yeah. Uh, I thought the moment was cool. And I liked how fucking uh, Scott hit DiBiase after, too. Yeah. Especially because this was made by such a big deal by DiBiase, that this was kind of his redemption. Yeah. Uh, I give the whole... Huh? I thought Ted joined the end of your... He did, but this is after that. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. He's a good guy here. This is like uh, the Nitro we did a few weeks ago. He talked about it. He was like uh, that he like he he fucking swore off the NWO pretty much. Yeah, that was back in August. I'm a good man now or some yeah. shit like that. I, I give the whole moment a six out of ten. I'm, I'll say six and a half. I knew Eric was going to go seven. Uh, Sting versus Hollywood Hogan in the main event for the vacant championship. Now, and this is why, like, to what that guy said, you know, fuck you, pal. Like, this is actually a good main event. R- fuck it. To me, this is the Starcade deal done right. Uh, fucking, the crowd's going bananas. You got Buffer going, let's get ready to rumble. This is like a fucking big time main event. Sting got the moment at the end. The crowd still cheered, even though, and they were cheering the whole time because they liked both guys. Hogan played a really good heel, and you know Sting got the win. Wrote, and we did have some bullshit with the NWO, and that's fine. But then Macho comes out, and he's a good guy, and he beats the shit out of Hogan. Real he quick. nails Hogan with the spray paint, with the spray paint can. Yeah, and leaves the spray paint can in Hogan's armpit so Sting can spray paint Hogan. Yeah, and. I thought he was doing that because I don't remember this shit. So I thought he was doing that so that Nick Patrick would see that and disqualify him. 
that's what I thought was going to happen last night. I was getting ready to bitch yeah. about this. Yeah. But then it was like, oh, no, we're doing it for the other reason. Because Nick Patrick, I thought, was going to fuck him because that was the whole deal. But the whole thing with – because I thought the segment with Nick Patrick was fucking stupid, like I said earlier. But him coming out during the match worked. Robinson getting hurt, the NWO coming out, Macho. Like, to me, they had you suspended in disbelief that thing, that Hogan could have won the whole time. And you yeah. were expecting Hogan to win. So then when Sting won, it really meant a big deal. So to me, I'm giving this an 8 out of 10. And I thought this was like a really stellar main event. Yeah, and yep. it, that's the thing. And because it, it was done in two different matches. Because you had the first several minutes where Charles Robinson was refereeing. Then he gets wiped out. And then Hogan, and then, you know, they go back because, you know, Hogan, Sting sold for the first few minutes, and then Sting made a comeback. Robinson gets taken out, and then they do a whole other match with Nick Patrick out there. And it was, again, it was what the Starcade match should have been, but the problem is, is that Hogan didn't want to do a clean job. Yeah. Hogan should have just put him over clean at Starcade. But no, because Ho- because Sting came in and did not look like he was on steroids. Hogan's just like fuck, and I'm not doing. It's not going to be clean. We got to we got to fuck this thing up. Because Hogan is a selfish prick. Well, it's also the referee's fault. Who ref that match again? Nick Patrick. That was his fault. Because that was not a fast count. Hogan went up to him and said, "Just so you know, count regular." Yeah, Hogan doesn't own the company. Well, it's Nick Patrick's fault for not going to Bischoff and saying, this bald idiot told me to do this. What the fuck am I doing? That was stupid. It made Sting look like a moron. Yeah, exactly. Which was what Hogan was trying to do. Hogan is a no-good piece of shit. See, you could have done this there. Yeah. And, and it would have worked. By the way, where the fuck was Bret Hart here? I... Yeah. Wasn't even Ric Flair built into something or no? I I think they were going to try to build to Hart and Flair as a team. Oh. Because they were uh, they worked against each other at the sold-out pay-per-view, but then they become friends after. As a matter of fact, they actually bailed Luger and Sting out of an ass-kicking the Nitro before. So those two, you know, they didn't make the cut. Compared to Disco Inferno and La Parca? Yeah, like they just kind of got... Kurt Henning wasn't there either. Really? Yeah. I think Rick Flair was off for a couple weeks. No, well, Flair was still doing... Like, they all went to San, to Sacramento the next night, but for some reason they weren't used for Super Bowl. You have fucking La Parca and Disco and Brad Armstrong making the fucking cut. Isn't Super Brawl supposed to be their second biggest tape here? Uh, it could be considered their second biggest pay-per-view, yeah. Uh, yeah, then then I agree. Rick Perry should have been on this card. I mean, it, it could, it should have been, but yeah. so, it depends. The, I think it's like if you're going to have the four, <sighs> it's going to be like the Survivor Series or Rumble, whatever the fuck. Yeah. It'd be Super Brawl, Havoc, Beast, and uh, Starcade. I, I, yeah, no, I would agree with that. Uh, maybe throw Great American Bash in there. Yeah. Even Slamboree? Early on. No, yeah. not Slamboree. Slamboree is like a vengeance. Slamboree is one of those things. If, if you could go back and wipe out four pay-per-views. Slamboree, uncensored. Because I like Uncensored, but, like, it was supposed to be, like, the Extreme Rules, and it never really was. Yeah. It was just another well, pay-per-view. Oh, what I mean, before you finish your thought, wipe out four pay-per-views and just replace them with the Clash TV special. Okay. So, yeah, those two. Slamboree, Uncensored, Mayhem Never Meant a Damn. At this time, it was still World War Three. I Well, I like World War Three. Keep that. Sold out. Yeah. You, I, yeah. It. Okay. you don't need sold out. And I don't know. I can't think of another one. Uh, I'll say World Wild. Yeah. Uh, first of all, they worked it for free. Yeah, they, they never didn't pay the biker. They didn't. The bikers didn't have to buy tickets. Yeah. It was stupid, but it was kind of like an atmosphere thing that yeah. it was kind of fun. So I'm, 
So I would actually say almost done. I would actually say sold out, like you just said. Yeah. Of, I I would say Slamboree because again you would kind of have to do a quarterly. So I would say sold out Slam uh, Slamboree. Then you wipe out uh, Road Wild, and then I would actually, even though I kind of like the concept, I would get rid of World War Three. Because Bischoff hated running that event anyway. Yeah. Oh. But that would be like because it would make more sense on a pay per view calendar. I guess so, but yeah. I liked World War Three. Well, I, I'm talking I like too. like if you wanted to move like World War Three. Because what you said, Slamboree, What else? Sold out, Road Wild, and 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 World War Three. Uh, what was before sold out? Uh that was really an NWO pay-per-view. Yeah. Or like what you could do is you could get rid of like, or you can move like World you War. You didn't Street. need Spring Stampede, dude. I was gonna say like if you want to move, if you want to move World War Three to to April. Yeah, and then get rid of Spring Stampede because you need Bash at the Beach. You yeah. need Great American Bash. I'll even say you need Fall Brawl because of War Games. War Games. You need Fall Brawl. Yep. And you need Havoc and shit, too, obviously. Yeah. But let's give our overall thoughts of this whole thing. Did we all give this a, a rating, the match, or no? I don't uh, – I'm giving it a nine. Yeah, I'm giving it a nine, too. All right. My final thoughts on this was I thought this was one of the most consistent and very good – WCW pay-per-views I've seen in a long time. And I thought, top to bottom, the work was really good. The the characters were fine. I thought, like, it, it sped along good. It had good pacing. I never really got bored. There was only a couple instances of filler, and it wasn't very much. And even the filler was kind of fun, like La Parca and Inferno and shit. I thought I would give this whole thing an 8 out of 10, and I thought this was a really... Like, this is everything Starcade probably should have been yeah. that year. And yeah. I thought I thought Hulk and Sting really made a, a good moment, and th- there's a lot to love. There's a lot to like on this. I would recommend it to anybody. What do you think? I'll go Doug? next. What do you think, Eric? Oh, uh, I I like this pay per view. I think it was probably the best WCW pay per view we've done so far. I don't know how many we've done, but from top to bottom, I enjoyed every match. I didn't even enjoy the disco match. Or in the, um, the, the Michael match, was, it shouldn't have been on there, but that's a filter match. Every other match was um, pretty good. Uh, I give this pay-per-view a 9 out of 10. Storyline-wise, it was perfect. I was going to say, Eric, can I Sorry. go now? Yeah. Uh, this is why I keep petitioning to get you fired. Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, so, the thing of the thing about this in WCW '98, like it was one of the more profitable years. Uh, but yeah, like things started to go down because WWF started to go up, but they were still extremely hot here. And this pay per view was one of the reasons why, because you start with a hot opener, like Booker T and Martel. And a match that stuff did not go right, but you could not tell. And then you end with the hot finish like Sting and Hogan. And what, like you said, Starcade was supposed to be that. Uh, Overall, the only thing I did not like about this pay-per-view was Scott Norton showing up twice. Yeah. He's a boob. And he was the first one in at the main event. It's like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, it's like, dude, you're not the most important member of the NWO. Get the fuck out of here, you fat piece of shit. Arguably the least. Him and Horace Hogan could have a match for the least important. Yeah. So, like, other than that, you know, I like the majority of, of the matches. I even liked Mongo and Bulldog. I felt like, you know, had Mongo not broken his arm, it would have been, well, first of all, I think Mongo would have won. Or, or no, I don't even think he would have won. I do think it would have been a better finish. Yeah. But, 
uh, I think everybody busted their ass. Uh, Mongo and Martel busted other body parts as well. But uh, overall, I'm going to give it because this actually is one of my favorite pay-per-views. I'm going nine and a half out of ten. Holy shit. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. I thought it was really good. Yeah. All right. Yes. Next week, we will be doing... By the way, we're on Scripted Wrestling at 6.30 p.m. on Fridays, obviously. Yeah. It's going to be the Undertaker and Steve Austin feud retrospective next week. Yeah. So that's something to look forward to. By your monotone, yeah, it doesn't seem like you're excited, but I'm sure you really are. Yeah, I really am jumping. Oh, I am. That's good. Yeah. No, it's going to be because, you know, we try to kind of, you know, go, you know, WCW one week. Uh, WWE the next, then maybe throw in like a TNA or something like that, or do like something special after, like and, you know, kind of involving all of them. Uh, but not Austin and Undertaker because there's a lot to talk about there because they pretty much worked several times over like a four or five year span. That's true. Yep, it's probably Austin's second biggest rivalry besides that's not a wrestler. I mean, that's a wrestler besides Rock. That's true. Yeah. I Well, I think he's wrestled The Undertaker more times than anybody. Like, that whole fucking attitude era felt like every pay-per-view was fucking Undertaker and Austin at some point. Yeah. Well, again, you know, they first match they worked against each other was in 96, but then in 97 they had the the one title match, and that was pretty much because Vince knew that they were the top two guys in the company, so I was like, all right, fuck it. Yeah, but it felt like like it was like he also was in the Undertaker and Kane stuff for a little bit. Like, uh, him and Undertaker, like, with the Dark Ministry went after Taker before that. Like, him and Taker had a lot of issues, it seemed like. I think from July of 98, December of that year, the two of them saw each other at all the pay-per-views but one. That's what I'm saying. It was yeah. fucking nuts. So I, uh, I'm i excited for that one. Make sure to check out the wrestling outlet on Saturdays for the Hollywood Hangout, even though they don't do it anymore. Yeah. And uh, check them out on Wednesdays, Box and Smirk. Box is a pretty cool dude. I don't know the other guy, but I'm sure he's nice. Uh Make sure to check out us. We already said Unscripted Wrestling, but Unscripted Unlimited on Saturdays. This week, Doug and Eric are going to be doing their top ten favorite sports movies. Yep. That's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be fun. Uh, Sunday, make sure to check out me and Mindy for the Stabcast. She announced what we're doing, but I forgot. So, there you go. I forget it all the time. Uh. On the web cave Monday, me and Bobo are back again to talk about Green Arrow. Finally, we pushed that back for some other important things, but we will be talking about the Emerald Archer. Uh, so that's going to be a fun time. And Hard Hits is done, right? No, we're talk- doing our um, Super Bowl um, review next week. Okay, <laughs> so make sure to check out Hard Hits sometimes this week or next week or whatever the fuck for uh, the Super Bowl review. And uh, are you guys doing any XFL stuff or no? Maybe about when it has time or if I have time, if we watch it during the weekend. There's only, I think it's only going to be on the weekend and I think one Thursday night game. Uh, so, yeah. And we got a bunch of good content coming from the whole network. Is there anything else, Doug? Uh, just uh, make sure you catch Daniel and I May 13th in the Lehigh Valley out here in Pennsylvania for the uh, Lehigh Valley Toy, Comic, and Card uh, Expo. Yes. Uh, we're going to be selling some toys. Uh, if we can if we can get the people to let us do a podcast, we might do a live podcast out there. Uh, but yeah, it'll be Daniel and I. Sharon will more than likely be with us just to make sure we don't get arrested. That's right. <laughs> All right. We'll see everybody next week. Have a good night. Later. Have a good weekend, guys. You too, Eric.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.